Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixTheNation.com. That's right, yours truly, John Jensen on the radio. Hey, how you doing? You have survived it. You have made it through the gauntlet that is election 2016. It is election eve. Hooray! We survived. Okay. So now what? <laughs> All right. Let's bring you up to speed. Um, first off, yes, John Jensen riding as a write-in candidate against Chuck Schumer. All right. So when you vote in New York, write in John Jensen, John Jensen as a candidate for U.S. Senate. Dump Chuck Schumer. Don't think he's done nearly enough for the state of New York, but that's my opinion. Go vote with energy, with passion, with vest and verve. That being said, let's talk about where we are right now. We have had by far the ugliest campaign season, about 17 months of this onslaught, by the way, that this country's ever had to be a part of. So on behalf of everything that's happened, I apologize. But we're at the end. So what does that mean? It means that tomorrow night, assuming, uh, barring any unforeseen situation, we're going to find out who our new president is. At the end of tomorrow night, we will have that answer. What does that mean? It means right now we are less than 24 hours away from having that answer. And tomorrow is, in fact, decision and action time. So, for all of us, no matter where you stand or sit, this is as real and as simple as it gets. All the personality crap gets tossed out the window. All of the history, all of the corruption, all of the scandal, all of the media crap, all of the rigged, all of the sound bites, it all goes away. And tomorrow it's you in the voting booth or you on your couch because you choose not to go to a voting booth. That's decision number one. When you get that voting booth, you're going to pull a lever or push a button or write a name, whatever your, whatever your style is. And that name, if elected, will in fact be the most powerful person on the planet for the next four years. Period. No matter what they did 30 years ago, 11 years ago, no matter what they are in their heart of hearts, their soul of souls, they will in fact be our leader. And we have in fact a binary option. Stay home. Somebody else gets elected anyway. Vote for Steiner Johnson. Somebody gets elected anyway. You have two people that have any semblance of a real shot at getting the title. So tomorrow, it comes down to do I vote or not and which of these two wins. It's as simple as it gets. So I'm going to go through a little, and it's got to be brief because there's just so many different things. If you elect someone who wants to raise taxes, you're going to kill the economy we have. 
if you elect someone who's going to lower taxes, it will help the economy we have. Trump wins. If you elect somebody who's going to continue bad trade deals, we will always bleed 4 4.5% of GDP. That's our current run rate, which is why we don't grow an economy, because our wealth literally is shipped across a border because of incompetent or non-compliant trade deals. If you want that, vote for Hillary. If you want to change that, you need to vote Trump. Immigration. If you want open borders where people get to come into this country without being properly vetted, you are putting all of us in harm's way. That's a fact. No one who wants to stop or slow down that piece of immigration wants to stop all immigration or is against immigrants in the general sense. No one. So if you want to be safe in America, you need to redefine what open borders means. Trump wins. Part of immigration, just explained to you, is in fact national security. Besides that, though, you need a bigger, broader, more focused foreign policy, military strength, etc. I'm going to make it as simple as possible. The former Secretary of State had four years and did nothing well, and a whole bunch of countries and regions basically went on fire on her watch. Trump wins. Education. We spend number one in the world. We're ranked 28th in the world in the quality of education. The answer, if you're Hillary, is to spend more money on education. Funny, we already spend more than anybody else, but get a lot less than everybody else. That's called a bad system, and the model is broken and needs to be fixed. Trump wins. Poverty in America. Let's talk about that for a minute. For decades, we have spent trillions of dollars. That's not me talking. That's National Urban League talking. Has not moved the needle. Again, that's them talking, not me. That being said, the Democrats have led all the inner cities and have done nothing for the inner cities to fix the rub of the rub, the root of the root, the problem at hand, and make life in poverty better for those oppressed people. Trump, in my lifetime, is literally the first GOP I can remember to actually have addressed the problem, offer solutions, offer a different path, walked into very difficult situations and have conversations and meet with people. Trump wins. Criminal justice has been re- uh, reformed in 20 years. The push, neither candidate really truly has offered up a real solution for it. People, people talk sound bites. They talk Black Lives Matter. They talk Blue Lives Matter. That's not criminal justice reform. No one's really gotten to the root of that one. We'll call it a push. 
about the Supreme Court? There's one opening now, and a lot of the justices happen to be a little on the older side. What happens to the direction of that court? Because it takes the direction of the country. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. A court should be balanced. It should be impartial. It should use the law and an open mind to provide wisdom and guidance. Unfortunately, that's not what Hillary believes. She believes the court is a tool to achieve an agenda. I disagree. History disagrees with that. But time will tell. What about Second Amendment? You know, that's one of those inconvenient things for people because they don't believe that people have a right to bear arms. I got a tip for you. Sure they do. They have the right to bear arms. In fact, it should be unimpugned, I think, is what the word is. That means you cannot get in the way of anything about that. It's very clear. I'm going to segue, shift gears. Let's talk about the freedom of expression. Because one of the things about this election, I'm not going to say that I've learned, but I think the outcome, one of the di- dialogues or discussions we need to have is about civility. I think it's difficult because I had not liked, and if you've listened to me at all before, I'm a solution-based thinker. I want the problem solved. I'm not trying to incite anything. I'm not trying to emotionally charge up anything. I try to get away from the blame game as much as humanly possible. I try to get to the root of the root and just solve what is. That's what, that's what we need. We need people to step up to a challenge and solve the issues that face this country. And if you have a lack of civility, if you do it with, with emotion, if it's name-calling, if it's a blame game, if it's, um, you know, liar this, you know, he's dangerous, you know, she's corrupt, at the end of the game, you still have to put a country back together because the president, and again, we're talking about 24 hours from now, this person will be chosen, and January 20th will be sworn in to be, in fact, the 45th president of the United States. And they, whoever that person is, will need to lead all of us, rich and poor, old and young, educated or not, no matter what race, creed, gender, doesn't matter. Religion doesn't matter. They need to lead all of us. And I keep coming back to all of us and civility. And the piece that bothered me so much during this entire, it was almost tough to take at times because both of the main candidates just didn't want to discuss issues very much. They wanted to get personal. They wanted to get emotional. They wanted to rip the other one down, not build them their case for why they were the best choice. You can blame media spin. You can blame PAC money. You can blame sound bites of our short attention span and social media. But I got a tip for you. It's just, it's just disheartening. I don't care about her past. I don't care about his past. 
I care about where they stand on issues, and I care about how they're going to apply those issues in real time to get things done, because that's what's going to affect me and mine. That's what will make a better world or not for my kids. That will take pressure off me or put pressure on me as a citizen. It's kind of what I look at. There's no president I've ever voted for that's given me everything I've always wanted. No, presidents like that don't exist. But usually presidents are in a vein of mainstream, and they do what's right by the country. And you feel like the country got a little better off on their watch. You feel a little safer. You feel like you moved, you know, you move forward in line a little bit. You know, that ability to get a job, you know, better house, you know. Nope. I don't, I don't think so. Past eight years have not been fun. Just stressful. Like, when's the last time you got to relax and just really enjoy America and the freedoms that it brings? When is that? When's the last time that, you know, that new job came looking for you? When's that last time that, you know, the neighbor, you know, next door got that big promotion as opposed to being let go? When's the last time a plant moved into your town or state from overseas as opposed to shut down and went overseas? Kind of get my point, right? Not a lot to cheer about. And again, where are we now? Well, it comes down to, do you like what's happening? If you like what's happening right now, this split second, if you like the jobs are being created, if you like the, the, the level of regulation we have, which is high, or the level of taxation we have, which is high, if you like bloated government, deficit spending, if you like a very weak military, if you like open borders, you know, if you like gridlock in Washington, you want the status quo. You want Hillary Clinton, elect her, and you will get that wish. The Senate and the House will both remain Republican. Hillary won't be able to get her agenda passed. She, like Obama, is an ideologue. Okay, She has never worked with a Congress like this. This Congress is built not to raise taxes, period. Ask Obama. He's tried. Ask John Boehner. He's tried. Nope. Not going to happen. They were put there for a reason. It's impossible to pass a tax hike in this Congress. Impossible. That being said, if you elect Trump, you get a different slice of the pie. You get lower taxes for everybody in America, including corporations. You give corporations a chance to flourish here as opposed to shut down and go overseas. You give everyone a shot at a better economy and a better job. You give all the millennials and Gen Xers a chance to get a job when the millennials come out of college. A chance to pay back those student loans. A chance at a starter home because now they can actually get a career job, not keep that part-time job they had during college because it's all they could get. You get a chance at addressing all the ills of our world. Let's laundry list our to-do list, and it's long, people. We have an economy that's sputtering around one to one and a quarter percent 
growth rate uh, average over the last year, has averaged less than 2% for the last couple of years, has never been 3% in Obama's complete run of eight years. First time ever that's happened. Number two, we need tax reform. It has not happened since the 80s. We need immigration reform. It has not happened since the 90s. We need criminal justice reform. It has not happened since the 90s. We need to deal with inner city poverty for real. We need to radically revamp our educational system. It's a failed, broken federal model. We need to repeal and replace Obamacare or at least deal with the beast that it is. It's an epic fail right now. The Democrats acknowledge that. The Democrats want the Republicans to help fix it. It's a little comical, given the fact the Democrats wanted nothing to do with Republicans in the design phase. Nothing. They wrote it on their own behind closed doors. Now they want help to, to fix it. That's a little comical. Criminal justice. Immigration. Got to fix national security so we can all feel safe at night. It's a lot of stuff. Let alone deal Supreme Court. Right? We should absolutely deal with campaign finance. What about put something in play that, I don't know, the Attorney General actually represents the law of the land? When was the last time you felt they actually represented Americans well? Right? Status quo versus change. And here's the sad part. The status quo should be a good thing. It should be a warm, fuzzy blanket. It should be something we all like to have around. Granted, it gets old from time to time. You know, but it's like that favorite sweatshirt. Might get a little worn, but you know what? Still your favorite sweatshirt. Here's the problem though. Status quo right now, seventy-five percent of America believe that America's heading in the wrong direction. The wrong direction. Seventy-five percent. So how can you reelect the status quo? How could you elect someone? and a Hillary Clinton that's going to have gridlock in Washington because they're not going to play ball with her and she's not going to play nice. Change is uncomfortable, though. You know? Man, if I leave this job and go to a new job, wow, am I really going to like it? Oh, I don't know. Well, if you don't like the current job, what's there really to lose? Well, your security blanket. That comfortability. And sometimes that's tough to give up. I'm going to make a comment to you. I'm not trying to get in your business. But if not now, when? If not now, vote for change. When? And I'll use, I'll use Chuck Schumer, easy example. He is, by definition, an elite establishment career politician. He spent 41 years since college all of it in the public sector, all of it working in government, never 
had a private sector job since college. Never. And short of Dodd-Frank and burdening us with financial regulations and Obamacare burdening us with mandated health insurance that's expensive, pricey, bloated, and epic fail, what has he done for New York? Our taxes are high. Our education's bad. Inner-city poverty is worse and the same. Criminal justice untouched. And he doesn't even beat the drum on it. As one of the quote-unquote leaders in Washington, where's he been for 18 years? That's why I'm running as a write-in candidate for the U.S. Senate. That's why I think should dump Schumer. That's why tomorrow's a protest vote. Vote for anybody except for Chuck Schumer. Vote for Mickey Mouse. I'd like you to write in John Jensen for, for U.S. Senate, but i got a tip for you. If you want to write in John Jensen, vote for Wendy Long. Vote for one of the two independents that are running. Write in Mickey Mouse. But why would you vote for, vote for Chuck Schumer? He's been part of the problem. He's part of the elite establishment. And I know you hear those phrases all the time. Let me try to connect dots for you. Think about people who campaign and fundraise and deal with the upper 1%, 2%. They deal with lobbyists all the time. They deal with donors all the time. Anybody with money has access. And people like me and you, Main Street, we can't get to them. We can write a letter, and their staff sends a form letter back. We send an email into an abyss, and we feel like we've done something. These people get real, live moments in time. Five minute, ten minute, half an hour. They get their arm at a at a cocktail party. They get dinner at the White House or dinner at a State Department function. Right? That's that's how this works. But you need real big money and power and position to get that kind of access. So ask yourself, who do they truly represent when they're there and they ignore us for four years or six years, whatever their term is? Then they come and campaign again. And sure enough, hey, ring, ring, send, send in money. Hey, ring, ring, vote for me. Hey, ring, ring, vote for me this time, and I'm sure I'll get it done for you this time. Four, six years later, same spiel, repeat the process. Because, see, that's the game they play. Their game is actually to get reelected. Because once you get elected, well, don't have to really listen to you. What else are you going to do? Not vote for you next time? Right? And that's where it gets tricky. Because tomorrow, that is judgment day. If you've been doing a great job, vote them in. If they didn't get it done for you, that's when you make a change. You pull lever for somebody else. Why wouldn't you? Why would you vote for somebody who ignored you? Why would you? They broke your trust, right? Know what that means? Picture yourself at your job, no matter what job that is. Picture your boss, and you ignore your boss for four years. Ignore. Then you walk up to your boss and say, can I have a raise again? One, you'll probably be fired by then. And there's no way your boss gives you a raise. You ignored your boss. Isn't that kind of what they do when they campaign and ignore us? Right? That's kind of my point. Why wouldn't you? What's, what's, the, what's the downside? So vote for change isn't all that bad or all that uncomfortable when you haven't been getting anything. I don't mean free phones and crap like that. I'm talking about 
the, the, the deliverance of a promise made, someone fighting the fight for you, the achievement of results. If you live in the inner city, in any, in any city in New York, is your world better now than it was six years ago because Chuck Schumer's fought his battle for you and won that battle for you? No, he's not a state legislature. He's not a governor. But he's your representative in Washington, literally crafts policies that help or hurt the outcome. The more they regulate, what do you think businesses do? They close up, they go overseas. So those in those factories, shut down. Those plants go across the border. That big company downsizes. Look around. Walk around your neighborhood and count for sale signs. Walk around your town and look at the for lease signs. Go back, if you're old enough, in your mind's eye to the early 2000s, the 90s, and the 80s, and ask yourself, but these shops were all full back then. What happened? And do some quick math. It's not worth being in business sometimes. That's why. You need to create the environment from the federal government on down that businesses can choose to make good decisions like stay here or expand or take risk. And that's got to be while making money. And if you do that, good things happen. They hire people. People have money in their pocket. They can spend at stores and restaurants. They can buy new cars, homes. They can pay for college. Their kids graduate. Their kids have jobs. Repeat. Right? It's not difficult, but it takes focus. And it takes a government who's there for the people, not for an agenda, not for an ideologue, but for the people. And this election, love it or hate it, is about status quo versus change. And status quo is not for people. Status quo is for the elite and the establishment. It's for the power-hungry and the moneyed. They have theirs. If Wall Street has their way, they do not want anything changed. They've had a six-year bull run of wealth creation on Wall Street. The fat cats got fatter. They have their billions. They have their trillions. They're making their money. They like zero interest rates. They keep using financial, uh, financial tools and products to generate more money for themselves, buy their own stock, internalize the money. They're not building out their corporations. They're hiring people. They're finding more ways to generate profit with the low income rates. That's the whole point of low, in- uh, low rates, by the way, is to spur capital expenditures. When's the last time you heard of somebody expanding a company here in the U.S., here in your neighborhood, your hometown, as opposed to shutting it down? Status quo is not very good right now because it represents the powerful elite. Changes for Main Street, changes for people like me and you, the ones who have been literally left out in the cold the last six or eight years. When's the last time you had a real job prospect, a real raise. 
a chance at a brand new car, or a, you know, a nice step up in, in salary because that new job was around the corner, you know, and people were hiring. So for good or for bad, the choice is yours. It's going to happen tomorrow. Stop that. Pretty obvious what you should do. But it's a momentous year in change. We've never seen anything like the Donald Trump force of the last 14, 15, 16 months that he's been. I made a promise a while back. I was going to hit this and do a radio show every day for 100 straight days. 100 hard days is what I called it. I think I made it through eight or nine. I was exhausted. He does four or five rallies a day and is a tireless madman. Can you imagine what this country will feel if he applies that kind of tenacity, that kind of sheer will to bettering our country and getting things done in D.C.? He's unconventional. I give you that. And if you've heard me before, I am not on the Trump train. But I definitely want better, and I definitely want different. So tomorrow, I will be voting for Trump. Because she's the status quo when that's failed us. And we deserve better, both in America and in New York. So once again, before I sign off and wish you well on your election day tomorrow, okay, remember, write in John Jensen for U.S. Senate from the state of New York and dump Chuck Schumer on election day 2016. Congratulations. We made it. God bless and have a great election day. See you tomorrow night.